0: Okay, so today's Dav is Lamed Bet, and we're on the bottom of, uh, in Psachim, Lamed Bet in Psachim, we are on the bottom of Lamid Aleph Amud Bet. New Mishnah, Chovat Chametz Vapesach. So we actually came across this a couple no, of days ago. We oh, we didn't do the previous Mishnah? Okay, previous Mishnah. So the Mishnah is Chametz Shavnalav Mapolet, If Chametz, if a house falls or a building falls on Chametz, uh, on it's as if it were destroyed. In other words, you don't have to go digging through the ruins of a building. Uh, looking for chametz, um, mm-hmm. That's provided, says Rabban, uh, say, he says that, uh, Rabban mm-hmm. says that, that's provided that a dog can't find it. If a dog's going to be able to drag it out from the ruins, in other words, it's not so deeply buried, so then, <clears throat> so then it's still accessible to a dog, so that's going to be a problem, and it's still considered to be extant. But if it is completely covered, then it is not extant anymore. Even though it's true that you don't have to go searching, in other words, you are exempt from bitikat chametz, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are exempt from the mitzvah of bitul chametz. You still have to nullify the chametz so that you have no ownership over it. the Braita says, how far does a dog check? It doesn't go further than three trachim digging into the ground to find it. This, the, Shmuel had said that if you, are in, if you are responsible for watching somebody's money somebody deposits money with you and the question is at what point are you obviously if you leave your door unlocked and a sign on the door that says there is money free money inside come and get it then obviously you're not a very good uh, uh, Shomer but the question is at what point what, what, what is your requirement in terms of like if you let's say you leave it on, the, on your kitchen table you know the money that the guy left you is that considered to be guarding it? You know when somebody breaks in, they're going to take it. So, <clears throat> so he says that in order to be considered that you are properly guarding it, because otherwise it's called pshia. Even a shomer chinam, Rashi says, even a a free. Service of watching if somebody agrees like you say could you watch this for a second it's just a shomer chinam you're not paying them and they say sure I'll watch it and they like leave the room and they leave the door open in a public place and it gets taken that's called pshia that's obviously negligence they they would be liable even though you didn't pay them to watch but they agreed to watch they accepted the responsibility a is called negligence right so it would be negligence. so shmuel had said that even a shomer chinam when it comes to money if he doesn't put it in the ground it's negligent because that's where they would hide valuables in the ground you know so now we have safes maybe or we have other, you know, other secure spots in our house, but there was to hide in the ground. So the question is, do you have to put a three tvachem into the ground also, just like with chametz? There's a difference when we're talking about a dog. In other words, chametz. The issue is the smell. The dog will smell the hamet, that he's going to dig in there. Let's say we have raccoons. They might be even more than, uh, you know, more industrious than, than dogs. Dogs are a little bit lazier than raccoons, you know. A raccoon will probably go six twachim, I don't know. But, the, uh, but the, the point is that the animal will sniff out the hamet and bring it out, so that's three t'vachim. But money, as long as it's hidden from the eye, is enough. You don't have to put a three t'vachim in the ground, meaning it doesn't have to be so deeply buried. The point is that it won't be noticed, and therefore whoever is uh, seeking to take the money will not find it. But that's different than... Uh, That's different than chametz because in the case of chametz, it has to be buried in the ground to the point, or has to be buried in the ruins, I should say, to the point that the dog will not sniff it out. Because if it sniffs it out, it's going to dig and it's going to find it. And that, the rabbis are saying, the rule of thumb is three tritzvachim. When it comes to hiding money, it's about it being hidden from the eye. That's the measure. But it doesn't have to be hidden three tefachim. The three tefachim is because of the smell. Now we get to something that actually, uh, and Amara Bar Papa Misichra, Papa from Sichra said tefach. Uh, that's a tefach. In other words, a tefach of depth is hidden enough. So if you hit it, like obviously if you put it somewhere where it's on the surface of uh, of your counter or it's right on top of the drawer, so somebody opens it and they see it right away, that would not be a good hiding. It has to be one tefach deep to be considered. Uh, properly hidden, a way that you are securing it—that's the measure. Now, the Mishnah says how Tumat Chametz on Pesach is what, we, what I where I thought we were starting, but anyway, somebody who eats Chametz on Pesach—we saw this a couple of Dapim ago was already discussed, and actually, a lot of this discussion here is going to be something that was a repeat in a way from a couple of the ago. Somebody who eats Trumat Chametz—truma that is chametz. So the the Kohen received this truma it became chametz. The Gemara is going to say in a little while. It's going to clarify that, but it became chametz, and then and then a non kohen comes and he eats it. So bishogeg keren If he eats it by accident, okay, then he has to pay keren v'chomesh. Now this is not talking about by accident with reference to the uh, necessarily to the um, to the chametz. There are two different issues here. One is the issue of uh, the achilat chametz, whether it's on purpose or by accident, and the other one is the achilat truma, whether it's on purpose or by accident. When it comes to truma the rule is that if a person eats truma, there are two things going on. If a non-Kohen eats truma, there are two things. One is kapara that he requires because he did a sin of eating the truma he's not supposed to eat. And he makes restitution for that by giving not only the value of the, uh, of the truma that he ate, but he also has to, re- he also has to give to the Kohen a Chomesh, one-fifth tacked on to that surcharge for the, uh, uh, for the violation. That's only if it was Bishogeg because Bishogeg, he can have a kapara. He did it by accident. He ate the, he ate the truma by accident. So he's allowed, so he not only gives the value of the back, but he gives a Chomesh, which is the type of an atonement for the sin. However, if he did it on purpose, he said, I don't care about this whole Kohente. What does this Kohen think? He's more special than me. He's more holy than me. I'm going to take his Tumba, I'm going to eat it. So now, he doesn't get the opportunity uh, to do a... a Chomesh is considered a privilege because you get a Kapara for that. He doesn't get the Kapara, but what he does have to do is still make restitution for the base value of, of what he took. In other words, he took something from the Kohen that belonged to the Kohen. It was $100 of... Uh, of tuma, so he has to pay him hundred dollars. Well, now when it's Bishogeg, again, when it is uh, by accident that he ate the tuma, he didn't realize it was tuma. He goes and he eats it, so he pay- he has to re- he has to compensate the kohen with perot. Actually, he compensates the kohen with food that itself becomes Truma. So the keren and the chomesh, the uh, the uh, the principal as well as the additional surcharge, both of these are, um, are become tuma when he gives them to the kohen. So they have to be. Uh, proper, you know, foods that can be terumah. However, when he pays him back because he deliberately ate the, the, the terumah there, the, the payment is really like, uh, is like paying back for stolen property. It's just a financial transaction. He can pay him in money in that case. He doesn't pay back the chomesh. He only pays uh, for, the, uh, for the principal in that case of what he damaged, um, what he consumed. Okay, so here we're talking about if the person, so somebody goes and he eats the chametz, he eats the truma, which happens also to be chametz. So there's two violations going on here. First of all, he's a non-Kohen eating truma. And second of all, he's eating chametz. So Rashi says, he must have made a mistake about the truma. He didn't realize it was truma because otherwise he wouldn't be paying the chomesh. Right, that's only when you don't realize that you're eating truma. So he didn't realize that. He says, he says, be, uh, Bechametz, even if he realized it was Chametz, he didn't care about that. He only cared, he, he just wanted to eat and he didn't realize that it was Chumah. Maybe Chumah he would be, you know, more respectful of, I don't know. But he didn't know. So he eats that. So then, so Mishalim be Bechametz, he has to pay the... Uh, he has to pay both the principles. So let's say he ate a, uh, a $10 uh, a sandwich of the Kohen that was, uh, that was Truma. Plus he has to add on the one-fifth of that. So it's actually one-fourth. So it's, he has to pay him $12.50. Uh, uh, um, but it will be not in the form of uh, money. It will be a twelve fifty dollars uh, 50 uh, worth of perot. We're going to see exactly how it works. But that, that, that's seemingly how it works. If he ate the Truma on purpose, not only does he not, not have to pay... If he did it on purpose, he knew it was Tumah and he ate it. He doesn't have to pay it all. Now, why doesn't he have to pay it all? Because the logic is like this. When it comes to Tumah, that you ate the Tumah by accident... Okay, it's a kapara that you're making restitution. You have to restore some truma plus some more and give it to the kohen and it's a type of atonement. Okay, that's because it's bishogeg. When you're telling b'mezid, you never get the opportunity for atonement. You can't bring a korban if you violate the prohibition on purpose. You cannot. So therefore, if he did it on purpose, it just becomes a financial issue. He just stole from the kohen, basically. And since during Pesach, chametz is worthless... Right? There's nothing you can do with Chabetz. Therefore, he didn't really steal anything of value. He's a bad guy. Okay? We're not going to trust this guy. We're not going to lend him our car or turn our back when anything is, you know, is not bolted to the ground. But that doesn't mean that he's going to pay back. So he's not going to have to pay back. What does Dmei mean? means that even, let's say, for, for example, if a person eats by accident again or on purpose, Trumat impure chuma. so impur, impure chuma, the Kohen cannot eat either impure chuma the Kohen cannot eat, but what he can use it is he can use it for firewood so even if you could say that okay, I didn't take from him really food because he doesn't, uh, he couldn't eat this anyway, it's to Tmeah, but I did take from him firewood because now he has to go to, to, you know, down the street and get more lumber for his uh, furnace, and I uh, I took it, okay, so so there, that's the main thing, but in the case of chametz on Pesach, since it's considered to have no value at all, okay, he doesn't have to pay anything. He doesn't even have to pay him for the value that it would have uh, saved money, it would have saved him on, on timber because he's not allowed to use it in any way because it's a surba naa. The main point here is the intersection between the issue of... Achilat chametz be Pesach, and the issue of uh, Truma, of, of, of eating Truma. Now, and, and in this case, we're not so concerned. We're going to, the Gemara is going to unpack this a little bit more, but we're not so concerned about whether the person was purposely eating the chametz or not. We're mainly concerned about what his attitude was, toward, whether he knew the Truma was Truma or not, whether he purposely ate Truma he wasn't supposed to or not. Okay, that's the the essential factor here, because the the Mishnah seems to be keeping it as a given that chametz doesn't have any value, any monetary value during Pesach. The only question is, can you offer a kapara for having eaten through truma bishogeg? That's the only question. Now, a for eating the Chometz. Chometz is Right, so that if you so that would be a different story, because if you if you ate chametz b'Pesach b- bishogeg, you would bring a korban chatat, but that has nothing to do with the kohen. But that would be a totally separate issue. So to but but if you did on purpose, right. Right, point, right. So that, the, right. So that right. So that issue, the, right. This Mishnah doesn't deal with that, that. issue. <coughs> yeah, this Mishnah doesn't deal with that issue. But yeah, you would have to bring a Korban Khatat then. If it, so, it doesn't have no value, so why do they sell it? Who sells it? Lifnei Pesach, or Mokrim? You don't You don't sell it on Pesach. On Pesach it's considered it has no value because you can't use it in any way you're going to have to destroy it afterwards. So it's like it has no worth. Uh-huh. Okay. Right? It, but before it still has value. Right? We always want to sell things before the value goes to zero. You know? That's, uh, you know... Uh, so, we is going to get into uh, the guy who aided the Beshegeg, you know, by, yeah. by mistake. Mm-hmm. So, why aren't we looking at the Khametz to say, oh, he had no value, it's not... He shouldn't have eaten. Why aren't we looking at, you know, the guy who did the Mazid? Right. Say, oh, you know what, the Khametz could it was not Khametz and he wasn't, it wasn't owned by, because it couldn't be owned. Right. right? Why are we looking at it that way and, we well, know. the Gemara is going to look at all of these angles. So let's see, let's see what does. Yeah, so it's going to touch the different angles. So it says We learned over there in the Mishnah how Tumah Bishogeg Mishalim Ketvachomish. So this is a general principle. It has nothing to do with uh, Pesach immediately, right? A person who eats Tumah by accident, and we're talking about a non-Kohen, he has to pay the principle. So if he ate a ten dollar chametz, has to pay the ten dollars plus he has to pay the fifth, the one fifth, which is actually one quarter. So he pays twelve fifty back. Let's say, okay, Echad It doesn't matter whether he eats Tumah or he drinks it, because could also be wine he could also rub it on his body because of course truma could be oil right and they would use that as they could use that as both as uh, uh, as uh, something to put on the skin as well as something to put on food right and, and it, again e'chad truma e'chad truma it doesn't matter whether it's pure or impure because even the impure truma the Kohen is allowed to use he can use it for fuel so therefore it's still valuable Right? So, Mishalem Chomesh, Not only does he pay the chomesh, but also chumshadi chumshah. What does that mean? It means like this that if the guy, let's say that, so like we said, when a person, the difference is that when a person needs trauma on purpose, he knew he wasn't allowed to, so the only thing he has to do is pay back the kohen for the value of what he took. But because it's just stealing. But when he did a bishop gig, so now he brings not only the principal, but he also brings a fifth, uh, you know, the, the, the additional surcharge. But he has to bring it in the form of actual chobah. He brings it in the form of Good the, of produce that becomes Choma. Now, what if he's he gets? Let's say he he he's bringing this produce that he made, and then and he, and he brings the, uh, the the grain and or or the fruits and and then he he eats from the chomesh that he was supposed to give to the. He forgets what it is. He has it in his bag and he takes it out and he eats the chomesh. So now he has to bring a chomesh on the chomesh because the chomesh now he ate. So the point is that, that chomesh also becomes Choma So therefore, it could infinitely reproduce itself until it becomes of such small value. Until the chomesh becomes of such small value that it's not relevant anymore. That's, that's the halakha. But the point is that, that he, that's what he would have to do. So Ibalu, they asked the question like this. Okay, do, when a person has to pay for having misappropriated the tshuma on purpose, okay. Now, when it comes to uh, by accident, when it comes, to, I'm sorry, by accident we're talking about here. When it comes to on purpose, so there, everyone agrees it's just a monetary thing. He could pay him in money. He doesn't have to pay him in truma. But when it is a uh, when he does it by accident, then he has to compensate by giving truma, like re, you know, recreating the truma that he ruined. So the question is, does he do it lefiyah midah or lefiyah uh, or, or lefiyah damim, which means like this. Let's say he ate a sandwich of, of Chuma. He ate a piece of bread of Chuma that was, uh, was uh, I don't know, a 30 gram uh, piece of bread. Okay? And on that day, 30 gram piece of bread was worth $2. Just, that's crazy, but let's say that was the case, right? Now, the, let, uh, and then let's say by the time he comes to bring it back, 30 gram piece of bread is now worth $5. Okay? It's serious uh uh, serious market issues, okay? So what happens then? <clears throat> so then, does he have to pay a $2 worth of bread? So that means that he can now bring a small piece of bread, right? Because, because what he actually ate was only uh, $2 worth, and now, t- now $2 gets you less. Or no, we say that he has to bring the same size, 30 grams piece of bread, and doesn't matter if it costs more money. That's the issue, right? So now it's going gonna, it's gonna to explain this, okay? Echa, in a case where so right? Yeah. Yeah. right, So in a case where the initially meikara it was four zuz, or levasom shavia zuzah. Okay, then it became, it went down to one zoo. So in, in other words, it oh, depreciated. Okay, so that piece of bread of 30 grams was four zoo's and now it is only one zoo's. Okay, so everybody would say, <laughs> We can't get him off the hook for the fact that he, he did two sins here. Okay, he, it, even though it was Bishogeg, he stole from the Kohen and he also ruined the Truma. So he asked, her, so if the value went down... Okay, so now we can get away with giving that piece of bread that's now only worth one zoo's, but when he ate it, it was was worth four zoo's, and everyone knows it tastes better when it's more expensive, right? So therefore, he has to give him now... Four zoos, he can't get away because he's like a gazlan also. He's all, it's also a matter of financial uh, uh, you know, depreciation or financial harm that he did to the guy. <laughs> because always whenever you, if a person steals something, they, have to, they can't say, well, now it's worth less. The person steals someone's car when it's worth $50,000 and then 10 years later he decides to return it. It's worth four, $500. He can't say, well, you know, here's the car. Because at the time he stole it, it was worth a lot more. Okay. So, The question is when the value went up. Okay, so my, the feed, midam mishalem. On one hand, you could say he should just give him back the quantity that he took. So that would mean, d'amale leh griva achal, griva mishalem. He says a griva, it's a certain amount. Right, he ate this amount, he returns that amount. Now it's more expensive, that's his problem. That's not, uh, that's the problem of the uh, of the non-Kohen. It's not the Kohen's problem, give me back my uh, my 20 grams, my 30 grams. I don't care how much it costs. Oh, deal, malafid damim No Or maybe you could say, no, no, no. I want to go by the uh, by the price, and therefore bezuzah bezuzah Mshalem. So I'm going to give you back a zuz. It just happens to be that now a zuz is going to give you less food, right? I'm still give, I'm not cheating you on the money. I'm cheating you on the food because I'm not giving you the same amount. But I don't want to pay four zuz. I only took one zuz of bread, so I'm giving you one zuz of bread. Okay, it's a smaller piece now because the price went up, but that's not my problem. That's the question. Amar Rav Yosef, Yosef tashima we can learn it from the following right? If a person ate when he ate the bad chuma, we actually learned this in Masachet Erovid a person ate the chuma that he wasn't supposed to he ate figs but he pays him back in churma. everyone knows churma is better right? So what happens? So, so in that case tavo alav so if he ate he ate figs but he paid him back in dates it says tavo That's a he should be blessed for doing that that's so wonderful the question is, why is it so wonderful? Right? If you say that the reason why it's so wonderful is because you only have to give back the amount that you took. And therefore, Because what did this guy do? He gave back, let's say, I don't know, a kilo, I don't know, whatever the amount is, okay? Uh, he ate uh, uh, of... Um, of figs and he gave back the same amount of dates which is much more expensive so because you see what do you have to do you, have to, you don't look at the monetary value as long as it's not less right you don't look at the monetary value you just look at the amount and he gave the right amount but he gave him a finer product right but but if you're going to tell me that no it goes by the monetary value so so what difference does it make why should he be blessed because if he ate a zoo's worth of figs, he's going to return a zoo's worth of, uh, of dates, which is going to be less. Right? It's gonna be less quantitatively, but it's gonna be the same price. In other words, if you're going by the price, what difference does it make how you return it? If you return it in dates, you return it in, in figs, it's gonna be the same. If you say the quantity has to be returned, so then, okay, so then the fact that he decided to give something nicer, he really felt bad that he ate the chumah by accident, he was eating the guys' uh, figs, he didn't realize, you know, he wants to bring something nice. So he brought something better. So we understand the bacha. But if you're telling me that he only brings, let's say, the, the monetary amount. So if he brings something that is, it's, always, it's going to be a wash. Because it's, what difference does it make? So it says, no. That's not necessarily true. Then it's a wash. Even though, the, even though monetarily it's the same amount. Because You could say that actually it does go by the monetary value. Okay? He ate 10 bucks worth of, of figs, but he gives back $10 of, of, uh, of uh, dates, and actually it's less dates because the dates are more expensive. But you know what? He gave him something that people jump on, literally what it means is. In other words, people value it more. It would be like a person could give you real estate, a very large piece of what they call ziborit, they call it in the Gemara, in the, in the, you know, junk real estate, an enormous lot of junk real estate that's worth the same as a very small plot of ha- a very very uh, you know it ritzy area everything. well yeah so so it, it, maybe the monetary value is the same but one guy is stuck with a big lot in the middle of the you know in the middle of somewhere that nobody wants to be and so you know w- w- what good is that okay it, on paper it's the same amount but the other guy has a tiny plot but it's uh, it, it's in Manhattan so it's a, it's a different story so in the same way even though he gave him financially it might be that it goes by the financial uh, by the price, but in this case, giving something of higher quality is still considered better. Now, it's now we learned over there. So we saw this was the beginning of our Mishnah, right? If a person eats the chumav that's on Pesach, he has to pay keren vachomesh. He pays both. So if you're going to say he, it goes by the mida, it goes by the amount. So then Shapir, it makes sense. But if you're going to tell me it goes by the monetary value, uh, does Chometz on Pesach have a price? In other words, it has no value. This seems to be a proof that when you come and you bring whatever restitution you're making for the Chumah that you ate, you just bring quantitatively what you ate. It doesn't matter what the value was. Because if it goes by the value, a person could argue, what Chometz on Pesach has no value. So then I didn't actually cause any, uh, any monetary damage. So it must be that I ate, a, I ate 30 grams of this, uh, truma. I have to give 30 grams of chumah. It doesn't matter what the price was, because technically, the price of Chametz during Pesach is zero. Ah, oh, so it says, in, no, it does have value. It must be following Rabbi Yossi Aglili. Rabbi Yossi Aglili says that you're allowed to benefit from Chametz on Pesach. He doesn't whole, agree with this whole thing that you can't benefit from it. It does have a value. Okay, it's not the same value as being able to eat it, but it has value. So that's why you have to pay, even if you uh, even if you eat the cham- even if you eat the that is chametz on Pesach, you have to pay because you still cause the guy monetary damage because actually it is um, it, it is it does have value because you can benefit from it and it and therefore you can't show it could be that it goes by the monetary value. So it says, But then why at the end does it say that if the person purposely ate the chuman on Pesach that he's completely exempt? According to Rabbi Yossi Aglili, what difference does it make? He caused him financial damage. What a difference does it make he did it on purpose? Normally we say, if he did it by accident, okay, that, you know, that's where you have to replace the chuma the, the, the and, and uh, you know, and, and in replacing the Shema, it doesn't matter whether it had value or not, monetary value or not. But at the end, when it's saying B'mezid, where we say you have to, you, you address the monetary value, it's not about Kapara replacing the Shema, it's about compensating the Kohen for the money. There we say he doesn't have to pay because it has no monetary value. So, but Rabbi Yosef says that it does have monetary value. So how could it be him? He says, no, no, in this, Savarla, so because it says, I, Rabbi Yosef Glili amai pato Right? Why would he be exempt from uh, from paying if, if he did it be mezit? Umid mezim. Right? So why would it be? So it says Savala K Rabin Hunya binakana. He holds like Rabbi Khabina Kana, the Tanya Bihunni Kunyabana Kana, Yahused, Yomaki Pim Kishabat. We saw this earlier in the Gemara. Basically uh, there there's a concept in Alakha, there's two concepts which seemingly are the same concept, even though it's somewhat debated, but which is Abamine, which is if a person commits two sins that carry different levels of penalty or I'm sorry, one sin that has basically involves two different penalties, one of which is worse than the other, we only give him one. We give him the worst, right? And also we have an idea: in mit Umshalem, a person doesn't die in pay, meaning if a person committed a capital offense in causing damage to someone since he's going to be since he's liable for the capital offense like he burned down somebody's field on Shabbat so since he violated Shabbat he doesn't have a monetary li- we don't also hold him responsible for the monetary uh damage that he caused. And Rebin Nechonia ben Akara said that's not only true where there's capital punishment involved, even when there is karet involved, that's true. So therefore, even if a person burned down somebody's field on Yom Kippur, he wouldn't be liable for the monetary damage because he committed a sin that is mitchayev ben basically. Even though it's not in this world, meaning it's not done by the Bet Din, the capital punishment, it's between him and Hashem, but it's also a type of a capital punishment. It's and it's si- what? Yeah, but that's, that doesn't count for you. Could still end up. Uh, with, the only case where we completely exonerate the person is when it's death penalty. Oh. Yeah. So in the, but in, in the case of um, in the case of uh, Yom Kippur, there's no death penalty at all. There's only karet, right? Yeah. So the, so the, the the question he says that's the same, and the same would be with truma. What's the pe- pen- penalty for truma? Is mitabi de shemaim. If you eat truma, then you're a non kohen mitabi de So he says also there. So since the person did it b'mezid. It's n- the reason why they wouldn't have to pay for that trauma that they ate is not because it doesn't have any value on Pesach because he's holding like Rabbi Yossi Aglili that it does have monetary value. The reason why is because since he committed an offense that's mitabi deshamayim that's death by the hands of heaven it's considered like a capital crime. Therefore, he's not liable for the financial aspect of the crime, and that is the um, that that's why our Mishnah says what it says. Okay, Now it says, this is really a machloket tanaim, this whole issue about whether we evaluate what you pay in terms of when you compensate the kohen for chumah that's eaten, whether we go by the monetary value or we go by the quantity alone. It's really a machloket tanaim we're going to see. How so? Because it says, how Uh, Rabbi Akiva Akiva said that a person who eats chametz on Pesach, which is truma, he is exempt from paying and is exempt from even paying the um, the, the, it as firewood, right? Rabbi Yochanan ben Uri mechayev Rabbi Yochanan ben Uri says, no, you have to pay What kind of benefit does he have from it? Meaning what value does it have? There's no value So why should he have to pay for it? So so Rabbi It must be talking about Mezid Okay, yeah, we're talking about Mezid he said, right, that's why he says that he doesn't even mention chomesh because chomesh is only when it's uh, Bishogeg. Right. We're assuming he's talking about bemizzi. Yeah, well, it wouldn't matter. Yeah, but he, yeah, it could be either one. Yeah, it could be either one, because either way he has to compensate. So it says, <laughs> What about the fact that if you eat Chomah that's Tameh the rest of the year, if you're not going to eat Chomah Tamehah, you also have to pay, even though that has no value either so he says no how can you compare when it comes to impure he's at least allowed to use it for firewood so it has a value so if somebody misappropriates it eats it when they're not supposed to they still have to pay still has value but when it comes to Pesach he's not even allowed to use it for that so why should it be considered to have any value he says there's no benefit of it it at all it's like if a person had truma of berries or grapes that they extract juice from them basically. So that there's nothing he can do with it the Kohen. He can't use it for he's not gonna use grapes for firewood. Right? Or wine, really. For firewood, he's not going to use it. So, therefore, it has no value, and that's what it's more similar to. So, Rabbi Akiva is saying that during Pesach, this tuma has no value, so the fact that you misappropriated it should not incur you any financial liability. However, according to Rabbi Yochanan Ben Nuri, you still have to pay. So, this is, of course, only true. And this applies when the Truma was separated before Pesach and then it became, cham- or, or on Pesach, and it became Chometh. Everyone agrees that you can't separate Truma that is chametz on Pesach. Even Rabbi Yossi, it says even Rabbi Yosei would agree you can't take chametz and say this is going to be the Truma for the Kohen on Pesach. It won't work. It won't have any, it, it, will, it will not happen. It won't, but we're talking about where the Kohen already had certain wheat or he had flour or whatever and it became chametz. During Pesach or whenever, and now we, and now it's there on Pesach. So then the person comes and he eats it. So according to Rabbi Akiva, we're going by the financial value of the item. That's what the Gemara is arguing. So therefore, since it has no financial value at all, the price is zero, right on on Pesach. So therefore, he has to not, he doesn't have to pay anything. According to Rabbi Yochan ben Uri, we go by the restitution of the item itself right actually so that would seem it would seem that they're really focusing more on the uh, on the gig because that, that was where they asked the question because they said that everybody really agrees that it's a financial restitution when it comes to Bemezid. but what did Rashi say it was he said there was both yeah. he said yeah Mezid ben- 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 yeah, because if it's uh, because well, I mean, well, that makes sense because Rabbi Akiva is going like the side that says that it's a financial uh, thing, so it's the same mezid and shogeg that they're both financial. It's just that one you have to give in the form of food and one you give in the form of money. Oh, no. Rabbi Yochanan well, ben Nuri, though, has to be talking about in the case of uh, bishogeg because in in the case of Ben-Mezid, it would always be a financial uh, a financial uh, restitution, wouldn't it? Because the whole question was only about um, was only about. Uh, Lafimi d'an the fid was only was only when it was bishul Gag we said before. Yeah, but isn't isn't the the opposing view tanya Idah that's going to about to come up? No, I think that's a different. No, no, he's oh. saying that, it's saying that he's the opposing view. Oh. This term of yeah. was in possession of the kohen at the time. Yeah, it had to have it was in the possession oh, of the Kohen So they was it was there's no benefit from that even after Pesach. Right, exactly. That's the whole point. That's the whole thing. The question is, but if it's a. So if you're going by. Fi, if the whole concept that you have to make restitution is based on financial value, so it has no financial value. So what's the, what's the question? That's what Rabbi Akiva is saying. It right. has no financial value. According to Rabbi Yochanan Ben nuri the whole yeah, concept yeah, yeah. of making restitution has to be Bishogeg, Geg, right? Right. Yeah, because, yeah. Uh, right, because the whole concept of, ma- of bringing the new Chamorama because it was Bishogeg Geg and I'm yeah. doing a kapara. It has nothing to do with, financial, uh, with, the, with the finances. So, so it doesn't matter. That's that's the uh, that's that's the there. Yeah. But then we have that, that's what that's what I thought. Now, now another bright says when Kodesh you give to the in the Kodesh. That's talking about when you make compensation, right? Davaru Kodesh. That means that uh, it has to be something that had the capability of being truma. He learned from that pasuk that when does when do you have to make restitution? Only when it's something that could possibly become truma that you ate. But since it's chametz already and it was and it couldn't become truma. It also doesn't have the status of truma in terms of if you eat it, um, you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to make compensation. That is according to Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. Rabbi, Rabbi Eliezer, chisma mechayev. But now we're going to have a different reasoning here. Same question that Rabbi Akiva said to Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. What benefit does this person have that you're compensating for? Same question that Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri said back to Rabbi Akiva. Right? What benefit is there when there's the truma is tamay? We also say that he has to make restitution. So he says, Ah, but I'm low, eat low, to low hasaka. That's different because the rest of the year if a kohen has truma that became tame ah, he can at least still use it for hasaka for burning. Okay? But here on Pesach, he can't use it for anything, it's chametz. So he said to him, Tomorrow is a shame, Amalo. Av bazo yesh loba heterasaka. Shimwatak win, Moritzalif nekalbo. Oh, Missika Tachat of Shiloh. He says, No, it's not true because he can take this traumat mea. Okay, or he could take this, this, uh, this Pesach Chuma, chametz and he could put it in front of his dog, or he can burn it under his, uh, under his uh, tavshil, under his, uh, under his food. So what does that show you? That's a totally different thing. Now he's saying he's allowed to benefit from the chametz on Pesach. So that's for sure like Rabbi Yosef Aglili. Right? You have to say that's like Rabbi Yosei Aglili. Can, he's you saying can, you're you can allowed to benefit. You can give chametz to your dog. dog according some? to Rabbi Yosei Aglili, you can. Because he says yeah. there's no prohibition of hanan chametz. That's the thing. So he must be holding like Rabbi Yosei Aglili. So therefore, he's also going to say that it has financial value. It doesn't have the same value as edible chametz for a human. But it's going to have financial value. Because you're allowed to benefit from it according to Rabbi Yosei And he's holding like Rabbi Yosei Aglili here. Okay, that's a little bit of a different answer than what we saw before, because Rabbi Yochanan Ben Nuri wasn't arguing that it's mutar b'hana'ay. He's saying that it still had that that you have to uh, restore what you took has nothing to do with the financial value of the item that you that you consumed. And Rabbi Akiva is saying it does have to do with it. The second Braita is saying no that the que- that uh, that there's a further point that if a person holds that Hana'a is allowed for chametz on pesach, then for sure he's going to say that uh, that it has financial value. So now we turn to Amud Beth Amar Abayah. You know, these three Tanaim all agree that chametz on Pesach is prohibited in benefit. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, which was the first opinion in the second B'raithah, as well as Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yochanan ben Uri in the first B'raithah. They all say that chametz on Pesach is the Surba Anava HaPolik, and this is the The Rabbi Akiva says that when a person uh, consumes Truma, he has to make compensation based on the financial value of the Truma that he took, and since it has no financial value, he's off the hook. Rabbi Yochanan ben Uri is saying no, you make compensation based on the quantity that you took. It has nothing to do with the financial value. Value, bring perot of the quantity that you ate. It's a kapara that you that you do it, and you create new truma to substitute for the trauma that you had before. Nothing to do with financial value. So even though on Pesach it has no financial value, we don't care. Okay, now maud. Now she that should be obvious. But ma'od the tema Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri nami Rabbi Akiva s'ur yiralei da'amal l'fid ami mishaleim v'hatam hayinut amad dekam mechayav mishum de savor lek Rabbi Yossi aglili da'amal chametz bezech mutar bana. Why did Abaye have to come here and tell us that Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri doesn't disagree with Rabbi Akiva on the question of whether Khametz is allowed to be benefited from? He agrees with him. He's just disagreeing with him about how you determine the compensation for Tumah, that Rabbi Akiva is going by the financial value and he's going by the quantity that you took. But you might have misunderstood and thought that Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri was actually disagreeing with Rabbi Akiva on something more fundamental and saying, no, it does have financial value because you're allowed to benefit from it, like Rabbi Lazar Chisma says in the second writer. Therefore, Kamash Malan, wants to be clear that that's not the case in Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri's case. Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri doesn't say that. He says that there is no benefiting from Chametz and Pesach, but we don't care because it doesn't go by the financial value, it goes by the quantity that you took that you have to restore it. Um, all over again, and that's the, the and How do you know? How do you know, Rabbi Yochanan Ben Uri doesn't agree with Rabbi Yoseglieli? The answer is that if Rabbi Yochanan Ben Uri agreed with Rabbi Yoseglieli, also <laughs> he should have said what Rabbi Elazar Chisma said. What do you mean you can't benefit from the chametz? Give it to your, Give dog your dog and burn it. Make light from it, uh, or or use it as in your cooking. You know, not, not in the pot, but, you know, to, to heat up the fire. He says, you, you, so he doesn't say that because he doesn't hold that. He doesn't think you can benefit from chametz, but he still thinks you have to make restitution based on the quantity that was taken. If a person eats a kazayit of tuma, that's when he has to pay the principal as well as the one-fifth. There has to be at least the value of a putah. There's a financial minimum required. So it's actually, that, Right. So uh, if a person eats chuma by accident, he has to. Uh, it says eating achila, right? Achila is always at least a worth, an olive's worth. And where does Abba Shaul get his idea that it goes by not the achila, not the? In other words, the question is what measurement the minimum right do we use in determining what's considered a misappropriation of trauma do we go by the measurement of achila with this kazait? or do we go by the financial measurement which is shevei pruta that seems to be the machloket right so now oh, well, I mean, like in olive oil I can measure it spoonful well, well, no also kazayit will be same yeah. amount or it's reviit, or, you know me, right, meaning meaning you would have to you would have to go by the quantity that is appropriate to, to eating or the quantity that's appropriate to to financial value, right? Vidach, what? yochal. Doesn't he know that it says? So why doesn't Abashul recognize that it says yochal eating in the pasuk? That's true. Probably That's coming to tell you that a mazik truma. Right. If he if he destroys the truma, that's a totally different case. If he destroys the truma, and he doesn't actually consume it. So exactly. that then then it's uh, so in that case afilo bishogeg he doesn't pay the chomesh he only pays the principal. The only time you have to pay the chomesh is if you actually enjoyed it, right? You you, Enjoy. you enjoyed something other than but trashing the guy's stuff, you know? Yeah, no, bishogeg you, you 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 ate it. So then you have to bring the chomesh. Otherwise, if you destroy it, you don't have to bring the chomesh, right? But Tanakhama What about the fact that it says Vinatan? How does the Tanakama deal with that? Because natan implies something of value, of monetary value. Like we said before, the Pasuk said, to tell you that only something which has the capability of being truma is included in, uh, in what you have to make restitution for. But if it's chametzba pesach Pesach, um, then you don't have to. It's exempt from that because it's not considered to have value because it doesn't have the ability. It couldn't become Truma and Pesach, so therefore, when it's if it were consumed on Pesach uh, as Truma, it would not be. Cons- it would not have the laws that normally uh, apply to that. But the main in- the main point here is that what would seem to be is that they're discussing what is the minimum going to be based upon. Is it going to be based upon achila, where the measurements are kazayit and reviit and things like that, or is it going to be based upon monetary value? Because there are two things going on here. There's there's a person misappropriating tuma by consuming it, but there's also a financial damage that's being done. So, which measurement do we use? tanura banan. right? So the so the uh, um, so the rabbis taught how uchel tuma kazai mshalim et the kenven et the If a person eats tuma less than a kazayid, he pays the principal but not the chomash. So, in what case is that? Either leit putah. If you're talking about a very cheap. It was not only less than a kazait, but it was less than a prutah. So karen nami lo shalem. He shouldn't have to pay the karen either because there's no financial value to what he consumed. Right? Ve'id de'id ba'eshivah prutah, chomesh nami shalem. And if it was worth a prutah, so then he should pay also the one-fifth. So le'olam de'id ba'eshivah prutah, v'afilu hachi, ke'van de'let b'kazayit, mishalem it again, mishalem it This is like what the Tanakh Kamas said before. In other words, it doesn't matter what the value is. It has to be at least a kazayit. Okay? That's what the Gemara is saying. It has to be at least a kazait, and even if you had a tiny bit, but it was very expensive. It was caviar of, uh, that wouldn't be truma, but you know, uh, right? It was very, very expensive so, uh, thing, so this less than a kazait, but it was worth more than a putah. It would not matter. It has to be at least a kazait according to the rabbis, in order. Yeah, very expensive olive oil. Yeah. So, Amor Rabbanan, Kamedur Papa. Oh yeah, So, uh, so the rabbi said in front of our papa this halacha. Abba Shaul? This clearly contradicts Abba Shaul. Because from Abba Shaul it sounded like all we care about is the financial value, even if it's less than a kazait. Abba Not necessarily, because Abba Shaul tarte ba'e. Maybe what Abba Shaul meant was both. In other words, you yeah, need doctor, a kazayit and potah. Yeah. He was more strict. The rabbis are saying all we care about is the quantity in terms of eating. And Shaul says it also has to have financial value. Both. Okay? Umi bay Shaul Tarta, is it really true? And I think it should be a Braita probably because there's a um, right? Because it's a little simple there, usually it's uh, yeah. Um, in any case, yeah, it's in it's in, it's, in, it's in it's in Tosefta. Right? Yeah. Anyway, omer only if it has a shevet pruta if it's worth a pruta do you have to pay for it the only time we ever talk about monetary value is meila. when you misappropriate something of value from the betta mikdash it has to be at least a shevet pruta because that's financial damage but here we're talking about eating why would we go with the shevet pruta when it comes to uh, when it comes to food of trauma. The measurement is a kazayit and if you're saying that Abba Shaul agrees that there has to be a kazayit as well as shemeputa kevan sheyeshbo kazayit mi the language is wrong because it's it really should say kevan sheyeshbo kazayit. They should have said to him, since it has a kazayit, that's enough. In other words, if they were arguing about a case where there was a kazayit, but Abba Shaul is adding an additional requirement that it also needs to be worth at least a pruta. then what they should have said to him was, not ad shiyeh bo kazayit, where he sounds more lenient. He's saying as long as it's a sheveh pruta, that's significant. And they're saying, no, ad shiyeh bo kazayit. It has to be a kazayit. A sheveh pruta is not enough. Implying that they're talking about a case that doesn't have a kazayit. If Abba Shaul also agreed that it required a kazayit and also financial, uh, uh, you know, a certain uh, financial value, they should have said kevan shehebukazayit. Since it has a kazayit, it qualifies even without being a shveputah. But they didn't say that. They said ad shehebukazayit, meaning that according to Abba Shaul, even something less than a kazayit, if it is. Uh, if it is a uh, it's significant from the perspective of tuma, and the chachamim say no, it has to be at least a kazait in order to be significant. What are we measuring the, the misappropriation of tuma? Is it an isur achila? Really, that's the question. Is it an isur achila? Basically, it's a it's an eating prohibition, which is defined therefore in terms of the measurement of eating, or do we say that it's it's like chametz, isur chametz? Even the benefit benefiting from my, from chametz is from a kazait of chametz. In other words, it has to be, it's defined in terms of Isur Achila, or are the Halachot of Chumah which also have a monetary aspect, because it's, it's one of the Matanot that you give the kohen. so are we looking at it like we look at Me'ila in the Bet HaMikdash, like misappropriating something holy, and therefore it goes by the value of the item, not by the quantity in terms of eating, but by the monetary value of the item. And that's the basic Machloket, and we'll see that the Gemara is going to go further with this, but it's an interesting question because Chuma kind of straddles the two, the fence a little bit because in on one hand it's Isurah khila that only the kohen is allowed to eat it, non kohen is not allowed to eat it. It has rules about its about the proper consumption of the truma. On the other hand, it's also a mat, one of the matanot that you give to the kohen. It's a possession of the kohen, and that you know that he has a right to, and therefore it's a there's a monetary damage aspect. So which one is you know which one defines the measurement is the question that they discuss.